Hello and welcome back to Entertainment Talk. It's another podcast uh, from us here at Entertainment Talk. Um, today we're doing a podcast for the March 2017 um, Marvel and Fox uh, X-Men film called Logan, which is, as we now know, uh, Hugh Jackman's last um, Wolverine film. Uh, we're just going to basically talk about how we felt about the film, not really recap it as such, like what we do with... Um, with episodes, but uh, just recap uh, kind of what we felt, uh, talk about how this affects like um, Marvel, uh, Fox, and X Men's future because it's of course a pretty big character for uh, for those franchises. Talk about replacing Hugh Jackman because it's kind of an inevitable they're going to have to if they're going to have um, all these films in the future, and then X Men's going to be part of that. Um, but yeah, before we get into all that, I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today is uh, Chris. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Yeah, doing a bit better than I was um, earlier, so that's always good. Um, so, who would you like to go first with kind of just overall thoughts and feelings? Where would you like to go first? Uh, yep. Um, I found this film very good. Uh, I mean, okay. in some parts I felt like it was dragged out a bit too much. I agree. But in general. I was very satisfied with how they dealt with the Wolverine situation hmm. and how they linked some of the Old Man Logan comics in. I'm not sure if you've read or are aware of that, um, but that was kind of the basis for this film. And okay. um, I, th- I think it was a good original story that wasn't just a superhero film, but it was a film that anyone could just see. Yeah, that's and true as well. feel for the characters. Hmm. Um, what are some of the characters that you that you liked in in this film? Um, obviously the main character mm-hmm. Wolverine um, Hugh Jackman himself Hugh Jackman himself uh, with superhero vil- uh, fil- films I'm not particularly keen on the villains a lot of the time um, because often they're kind of in the shadow of the heroes and you know it's not they're not as key characters but um, I, I didn't mind the one that we had in this film with uh, Donald Pierce I think it was okay yeah um, yeah Donald Pierce um and uh, I obviously like um, I like Wolverine and um, X twenty three, who was played by Daphne Keane, who's like a young, she's a young actress, but she would she she did really well for her role. The 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 young girl you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I like I liked her as well. Um, yeah, I've not read any Wolverine comics at all. Um, I'm I'm familiar familiar with the character. I, I know like who it is and all that sort of thing. Um, did you watch the films that were before this? The, I think it was Wolverine X Men Origins or um the Wolverine or something. Wolverine, yeah. There was two before this that were. Yeah, uh, I see. I seen all the X Men films. Okay. Um, yeah. Those are the two recent ones I haven't seen. But then once they got into, uh, I think they were done before because they kind of rebooted X Men a bit with First Class, and then they had Days of Future Past. Um, when 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 they kind of came back with um Michael Fassbender and um James McElroy as basically the new uh Magneto and Professor X. Yeah, that's kind of where I sort of repicked it up, and where X Men itself sort of picked it up because you obviously had yeah. the, the past films. Um, like the the old kind of trilogy, not the old old trilogy. It was like. I don't know, maybe like a, a good few years ago at this point. Uh, the, the ones that finished yeah. with uh, the Last Stand. Um, so yeah, the the only ones I've I've seen is the Days of Future Past, um, First Class, Apocalypse, and uh, this one. So 
Um, yeah, so you're like a quite a big Wolverine fan yourself, or? Um, yeah, he's one of my favorite uh, Marvel characters and one of my favorite superhero characters in general. Okay. And yeah, so I felt like um they had to do well. Yeah, they had to really perform with well with this film, mm. and um, I think they did. I think they did character justice with what they did. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people finding the ending quite abrupt. I didn't mind it at all. I feel like with the ending, um, I, we're not doing this in chronolog- chronological order anyway. Uh, I feel like with the ending, that one I kind of knew it was going to happen a bit because they had said this was Hugh Jackman's last film, and I'd also seen a couple of people saying, you know, oh, the the ending's very sad and that sort of thing. Um, it was it was a good enough film to to finish uh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in. Um, uh, myself with with Wolverine, I've I like him. I think he's he's cool. I've never paid too much attention to Wolverine. Um, my favorite Marvel character is probably Spider-Man. Um, although Captain America started yeah. to impress me in the last couple of films, and of course I'm very oh, excited for, for uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is the new, the actual teenage version of Spider-Man, which is coming because yeah. <laughs> and Andrew and Toby aren't teenagers at all. Um, so They're not, no. I mean, I think Andrew is good. Andrew's a bit younger, but uh, yeah, Tom Holland's more of the the teenage Spider-Man we've all kind of been waiting for, but um, yeah, it's going to it's going to be very interesting going forward how they deal with Wolverine and how they kind of because uh, let's face it, superhero films are going to be going on at least another five ten years at this point. Because uh, I mean, just yesterday you had the news of uh, a new Batgirl film, and then that's going to maybe feed into like Killing Joke and all that sort of stuff, and then we still yeah. don't even have like a green arrow or like um a green lantern or any of those kind of characters mm. uh, so obviously we're going to have these films around for a very long time um and it's an odd place for I, I get it he did the i think he was yeah he was in most of the other x-men films uh hugh jackman he was at least in the the trilogy i think he was in first class yes uh days of future past he was in and apocalypse he was in part of apocalypse um, so yeah, it's obviously understandable. He's done what. Like, he's been in all of the. Uh, he's been all in all of the X Men films apart from Deadpool. Yeah. Um, One where he kind of he was he didn't or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's good. Um, it's understandable for him that he feels this is the, the last one he wants to do because there's probably other stuff he wants to do and that's a good like what five six seven films at least. Um. So any kind of, because uh, you're a bit of a bigger Wolverine fan than me, um, or I'd probably say a much bigger Wolverine fan, <laughs> is there anybody that you um, could think of that you, you'd pick to replace Hugh Jackman? I mean, it's hard to replace Hugh Jackman and the legacy he's been on. Mm. 17 years within that role. I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult for whoever comes next. And I don't think they're going to reboot him soon. It's not like a Spider-Man where they're going to reboot him straight away. Yeah. I feel like um, with the X-Men TV series Legion that they've got going on at the moment, mm-hmm. it shows this uh, same kind of, uh, despite it being in an alternate universe, the same kind of X-Men storyline is still going on. They have, they're not rebooting it yet. Um, they've changed a few, like the, uh, the characters, like when they went back in time um, with, you know, the original X-Men, like uh, Michael Fassbender and um, James McAvoy playing Magneto and Professor X. Yeah. But um, I don't know whether they'll reboot it. If I had to take someone for the Wolverine, I think they're going to leave it a long time at least. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because they're gonna. I think they they've got this new X Men TV show that's coming out, which apparently is called Gifted. That hasn't been confirmed, but that's that's one of the rumors. Uh, there's mm. apparently two X Men films coming out next year, or there's at least one. Um, so I feel like maybe they'll just focus on X Men themselves as because they are their own selves as well. Um, so just focus on kind of making yeah. that a bit better. Um, uh, what, yeah. What what um, going back to your sorry. Yeah. We didn't ask your question. Um, going back to what you said about who could replace Wolverine, um, not many people could, but I would go for someone like John Hamm. He's been in like Mad Men. That's a good choice. Yeah, he's, sort he's of, a good, um, like, yeah, kind of gruffly, gruffly is that the right word? Uh, sort of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a. Um, who would you who'd you pick for that? Um. Is it? Uh, thinking on, along the lines of other people who were considered a Finnegan, who was the same, not the same personality type of character as Wolverine, but the same build and like physicality. Um, yeah. There was the guy, I can't remember the actor's name, but he played Martin Kimi on Lost. Um, right. I haven't watched that, so. His name doesn't quite come to me, the, the actor himself. Um, but yeah, he, he would maybe be a, a decent choice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, I think that they will leave it at least a couple of years, and then because I mean they've got plenty of other films coming out at the, at the moment as well. Um, yeah. So how how do you feel this affects kind of the future of um, like these superhero films? Um, I don't know. I mean, this film in general mm. was. It, it obviously didn't feel like quite a superhero film. It felt like more of a general kind of thriller film. Mm. And I think it because it's added that kind of element to uh, superhero films and also because of the uh, the area that they're in, it felt like somewhat of a western at times. Um, it, it shows that they're expanding and superhero films aren't just becoming the kind of cliche Avengers type yeah, ones. And, um, right type of film, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think about the tone of this film? Because it was a lot different to what we usually expect um, for superhero films. It was a yeah. lot more raw and to the core. What did you think? I, I agree. It was a nice, a nice change of pace, and it's good when you get. Um, I mean, even like uh, sort of last week when they did the Flash and Supergirl musical uh, crossover episode, it was just like a different tone. And when you have admittedly quite a bit of superhero stuff out there, and some of it is, you know. If you put Avengers, Avengers, uh, Age of Ultron, and Civil War, they can kind of be in the same category. So yeah, this was definitely a different type of um, film, as especially in a way that this was, this was more sort of singularly focused in terms of like the character, because you're not focusing on a big like ensemble group of characters. Um, so I yeah, thought it was because obviously they they you wouldn't have the X Men kind of intrude on this film. I mean, the most they did was they had uh, Charles Xavier, which. Um, he also uh, dies in this film as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, Spoiler alert. How, how, how did you uh, feel about him? Well, uh, Professor X. Yeah. Or Charles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, for this film and his mental kind of weakness that he's gained, um, and because um, I think there's a quote within the film where they speak about, about like. He's got like one of the worst diseases and then one of the most powerful minds in the world. Mm. Um, so that kind of deadly combination there uh, really 
cause a lot of problems. And yeah. he was also he also holds that guilt of um, um, what happened to the X Men at Westchester uh, because it apparently um, it's revealed in the film that he caused the Westchester incident, mm. which killed a lot of the X Men. And uh, so, how do you think? How do you feel about um, them kind of brushing over the fact that the X Men are kind of just gone? You know. Um, so this film was set in more in the future than the, than the rest of them. Did they say like twenty ninety nine or something? I remember that they said twenty twenty nine. Twenty twenty nine. Twenty twenty nine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not it's in the future, but it's not like the futuristic because uh, there's the twenty ninety nine Spider Man. Um, that's maybe where the the year came to me. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like they have they have plenty of upcoming content where they can explain though those kind of things. Um, I I feel like I want to give a bit more of my general kind of opinion on the film. Um, I did like it. I thought it was slow at the start. Um, I feel like it did really pick up towards the end though, when you had the whole like all the big action kind of break out, and then you had um, was it Project X twenty three, the the other Wolverine that, yeah. that um went to attack him and stuff. Um, I like the the young girl who is turns out is uh, Logan's daughter. Um, I think you can really do something with with her in the future. Um, I have, I think I said this to a couple of weeks ago because we have planned this uh, podcast for a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, things come up and stuff. That I had a controversial opinion. Yeah. Um. So, with Batman v Superman, you are introducing the new Batman, the, basically the new Superman, because he he'd only been in Man of Steel. And the new Wonder Woman. So I was kind of, I guess, personally more excited for that film. Yeah, I can understand why. Yeah. Uh, like uh, I, a film I like this. Kind of said a bit earlier that I like Wolverine. It's a bit like kind of Harry Potter to me. I'll, I'll watch them if they come out, but if they stop, then I won't mind as much kind of thing. Um, Whereas, like with Batman v Superman, it was yeah. these new versions of the characters and newly newly cast because that's when you had Ben Affleck's first film. Um, so I was a bit more maybe entertained by that. I I know that Logan was Logan was clearly the better film and the better written by yeah a, a, a quite a big mile. I I do kind of, I do acknowledge that, but um, in terms of kind of my personal excitement and enjoyment, um, that that that's just kind of how I feel felt yeah i don't feel like um obviously with a film like logan uh, which isn't got two superheroes going against each other like civil war or batman versus superman you're not going to have as much hype or marketing as it is um, it's more of a kind of low-key kind of send-off to the character and it I, I think the way they do um approached it with all the marketing stuff of this film it was like um okay if, you, if you're not if you don't like the X Men franchise, you're not going to like this film. Well, you might like this film, but you won't. You won't be so invested in it. Mm. So they're relying on the dedicated fans to come to the cinema to watch this film. Where then, when you might have like, um, like, one well, no, your, your kids going to see Batman vs Superman because it's more child friendly and they're more aware of the, um, right, right, the kind of the characters rather than Wolverine's story, you know, because they haven't watched all the X Men films. Mm. So, um, I, I, yeah, and obviously, um. I think Logan was definitely the better film in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about the better superhero film, but considering the elements, of, you know, what it is to make a superhero film. Yeah, yeah, it was a good superhero film, mm. but it, it wasn't. It, 
if it, if you're going to fall into that category of superheroes, Batman vs Superman would probably be better because of just you know just who's in the film, you know, um, and what happens. And you know, there, there are fight scenes in here, and they are brutal and everything. Oh, they But it's not like scenes, yeah, I, I enjoyed the fight scenes in this as well. Oh yeah, they're, they're brilliant. Got, yeah. When you've got um, there's a particular scene where Wolverine is using his like claws to hold himself up and then he goes in the room where professor x is doing that that kind of dangerous thing that he's doing i don't, I don't know exactly what it's called but uh and then he tries, he tries to stop him but he try has to like stop him doing that those are pretty exciting uh scenes as well um and then you have the bits i think it was closer to the start where he gets out of that truck and the guy's got the shotgun and then he kills yeah. those lot so that was pretty exciting as well yeah yeah i mean it's I don't know. I like the, I like the fight scenes within the films, and they're brilliantly choreographed. But if you're going to put them into category like a superhero film, you're going to like there wasn't many like energy blasts or anything or anything ridiculous. It was quite right. grounded and quite gritty, <laughs> yeah. which I was like in some way. Mm. But um, this why this is why I keep stressing the fact that it it's not so much of a superhero film rather than a well-made film in general. Yeah, it's more about like Logan himself rather than. Wolverine kind of thing. Um, yeah, the thing that drives the plot along is the characters and how you develop them and how they interact with each other. I mean, I guess you could say something like, like that for the Avengers and stuff and how they form the team. But with this, it's a lot more personal. You have someone who's terminally ill and he's about to die, mm. and he's got to now protect. He now finds out he's got a daughter and he's got to protect the person that raised him which is Professor X, you know, he's got a lot of responsibilities and it was a lot more of a kind of touching film um, than, you know, which, I mean, we've had touching films before but with regard to superhero films, mm. but Not quite nothing in, quite in, like in this. this way, yeah. No, this is, this is like another level of, mm. um, you know, just sentimentality, really. Yeah. Um... What did you, um, what did you think of the villain? On this film, because I touched upon him earlier and said I didn't really like him. Um, what did you think? He was was fine. Yeah. Mm. Um, it was definitely more of like a just focus on the what I would consider the three main characters of the young girl, um, Professor X, and, and Wolverine. So I wasn't yeah. focusing too much on on the other characters. Uh, one other character that did pop up, and I um, don't know if you're aware, of the actor Stephen Merchant. Yeah, he was. Um, he played Caliban, yeah. which is a small role, but he did well, I think. Mm. Um, you I mean, you're much a fan of Stephen Merchant? I mean, I, I like his comedy then that he does, and this is a very kind of different uh, role for him. Yeah, uh, especially yeah. Um, you know, it's something that Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington. That's funny, mm. um, but I, I think it kind of worked. A lot of people questioning his kind of acting, but then again, um, maybe it's maybe I have some bias because I'm British and I like his stuff before. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. you know, I, I thought he did a fine job in what he, he needed to do. I thought he did do. well, yeah. yeah. He, um, he created a character that was very much, um, he was like, like Xavier, he was kind of uh, secluded within a certain um, kind of area. And once, he, he was just a very weak mutant, you know. Mm. Yeah, he didn't feed feed too much into the, like, massive overall plot. Um, and he, no. he was just there to kind of... Um, do what his character was doing, and that was essentially it. Um, he was there to drive the, the villains forward um, to yeah. to, um, to 
to their intention to, you know, kind of damage all the mutants. Mm. Uh, what do you think of the whole idea of new mutants being built, like made for, um, sorry, being born for 25 years? I feel like they've maybe, overall in X-Men things and like mutant things in general, they've never like, set, it doesn't feel like they've like settled down on one kind of thing for long enough. They they do it in a bit in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well. Um, and that's kind of where like the whole Captain America Civil War thing comes into it with like, do they go along with this deal or not uh, sort of thing. Um... I don't know, it'd be interesting, like, when you have, like, the Inhumans, I think it's the TV series that comes out, and how they kind of, yeah, I just feel like they've maybe been a little bit all over the place with kind of mutants and how they deal with them, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's probably because of the, uh, the timeline, which, it, in some ways, it does it does make sense, considering um, I've watched a YouTube video of a guy explaining it perfectly, the whole new, the whole alternate timeline thing that's going on. But for the the casual viewer, the it, the whole idea of mutants and the the chronological elements in the films probably baffle them. Um, mm. and, you know, I had friends who went to see this film who had no idea what was going on because they had not seen all the other X Men films and they had not kind of picked up on it. Mm. But from within this film, I can tell that no mutants have been built for twenty, well, not built, born for twenty five years, and they're trying to they. I think they're stopping this because um, there's some there's some kind of anti-mutant kind of gene within the waters. Yeah. So, so people, the the water that people are drinking is kind of killing any chances of them having mutant offspring. Um, meaning that all the mutants have kind of just died out, and they've they've um had to create like artificial mutants like the uh, the X twenty three projects, which didn't go too well. Yeah, speaking of like mutants and stuff, what did you think of the little kids that are around at the end and they sort of come together and uh, and kill one of the villains? What, what do you what do you think of them? I, I think that uh, scene where they kill um they kill uh, Don Pierce. I think that that was brutal, really. Um, and they kind of uh, pu- push him into the ground. And they all use their powers. Mm. Then again, I have the question of why didn't they do that earlier when they were being chased? Why couldn't they just turn around and fight? If they're that strong, yeah. They maybe they're just scared, but um, I think their presence in the film, um, that they, they weren't obviously like too many standout characters, apart from the fact that there's one from the comic called uh, Richter. He was actually a mutant in the comic. Okay. He was like the leader of it, um, that small group. But I don't, I didn't really feel for those characters at all. Um, I just saw them as kind of more kids that show that the mutant generation could, you know, well go on now that they've uh, crossed the border and everything. Mm. It's kind of a... They, they were kind of a hope for the future rather than characters that they were developed on easily in the film, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so what, what do you think of... I don't know if you heard the rumour, but um, Hugh Jackman said the only way he'd consider coming back if it was to, like, help the Avengers in some kind of way... I mean, the thing that you can kind of do is, because this is set a bit more in the future, is it it, it kind of chronologically makes things interesting because you could have him still alive in the in the current kind of timeline um, and have him come back for like one of the Infinity Wars or, or something. No, I'm not. I'm not buying it. No. I mean, hmm. I don't think. <laughs> 
I don't think we're going to see Wolverine it's been for a good years. Idea, but I don't, I don't yeah. think, I don't think it it's fan that. speculation. Like, yeah. I don't think he's going to ever jump into the event, especially Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's done with the Wolverine role, unless yeah. he does like one cameo in like um, a flashback film, you know, like or a prequel, you know. Um, which I, I doubt that as well. I think he's. I think that was very final at the end of the film that he's not coming back. Yeah. Um, but thinking of like Wolverine and X Men in like other um, other kind of films like yeah, the Avengers or um, you know different universes and stuff like that, um, it's possible. But like I said before, I still feel like the X Men universe has more stories to tell on its own. Yeah. And it doesn't need to go to it doesn't need to go to Marvel Studios just yet. No. I'm wondering what they're gonna do with. The- Fantastic Four though, because it feels like the kind of franchise is a bit dead at the moment. Who knows? Like apparently that I didn't. Did you see the the newest film, the one with like the younger actors? I, I, I saw the trailers and I didn't want to watch it, so okay. I haven't. Um, did did you see the one with like Jessica Alba in it? Like oh, the, see, I saw those two. Those yeah. were those were alright. Mm. Their time. Um, I think it's just time that Fox makes a, a change that way. Um, and just. You know, gives Fantastic Four another reboot. There keeps being rumors of sequels, but I've not heard anything official for a while. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think they they just need to reboot that. They need they need to do it in a way that um, it doesn't have to be a film either. So it needs to be. If they've messed up so many times now with Fantastic Four, and they've waited so many years for to make us the definitive Fantastic Four that we want. I feel like. I know, I know this is off topic from the logo, and we'll get back at that in a minute. Okay, we're kind of but um, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's just because we're on the subject of Fox. Um, they need to create uh, a few films that give fan service to the people who have really felt wronged by watching the portrayal of a Fantastic Four in films. You know, mm. um, because especially in the last film when everyone kind of lost their minds that a black actor was playing Human Torch. When it's not much of a problem with the race itself, mm. it's more the fact that it's different to the comics and everyone didn't like that, you know? I mean, that's kind of really, like, terrible when it's just somebody's skin colour. You know, that's... it is racist, so... Yeah, it's, I know, but yeah. um, you, you, you can kind of see that point, but you can also see the point of the people who read the comics and stuff, you know? Um, anyway, back to this film... Um, we talked about earlier in this uh, recap that the middle part of the film kind of dragged out a bit longer, mm. and we didn't feel like it was too sharp and to the point. Was there? A, what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I felt like kind of it kind of happens in in films in general that you get a good like I said there was a kind of good bit at the start and then it sort of. Um, I think just for me, it was the sort of thing of, of knowing basically what was going to happen at the end and sort of just watching, yeah. watching the build up to it. It's a little bit like with, um, kind of like with The Walking Dead, you know where the checkpoints are, it's just like waiting to, to get there kind of thing. Um, yeah, which is annoying at times watching that series, I'll tell you that. With um, this film though, for me, um, the, it, it, like you said before, it was just knowing that in the end, it's quite likely that Logan won't survive, mm. and it like I mean, you haven't even seen all of the X Men films, so no. it's, it's hard it's hard for you to tell. But the way that they marketed it and the way that they put the posters out and everything, 
made it look like this was the end of Logan, and he even confirmed that in an interview that it was his last film. So everyone was kind of expecting Logan to die, and the, that kind of middle part of the film was just a, like a an extended wait, and especially after um, Charles Xavier dies. After he dies, then we throw like, okay, where's the film going to go from now? Yeah, well, how are they going to fill up all the time? When he gets stabbed in the chest, I'm like, oh, you're just like, I, I, like, I didn't know quite where they were going to go with Charles Xavier. Um, yeah. Obviously, he kind of had to be in the film, and th- there were some very funny parts with him as well. Because um, I, I like the way they kind of used his character as well. Because uh, this couldn't be like a solo Logan film just on his own. You needed like oh, no. at, least, at least the one more, the one more kind of person. Um, but yeah, well, what, did, what did you think when when he died? What Octavia? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was sudden. I didn't expect it to happen like that. And mm. for a moment, I did think it was Logan that killed him, which is is dumb thinking back on it now. But I did as well for for yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you, when you see that when you see that shot of um X twenty four like um deeping his knives into uh charles's chest it's like uh y- you don't know what to think really but then again it, you have it confirmed that it's not actually logan like, did i miss something in the, in like in the plot like yeah like what... but obviously it was kind of supposed to do that to you so it's charles uh... just having a nice kind of dream and everything and then deck 24 just comes and ends him like that and you're like oh, okay Right, so um, he's gone. So he was the, still a dream, or was he awake? Yeah. <laughs> so he was the the better thing with that is that after I watched this film, I learned that um, Patrick Stewart had retired from from X Men films. So I was like, okay, at least I didn't know about both of them beforehand. So, but that made yeah, that, that, that makes better. Sense. Yeah. Um, and of course, he's kind of passed on to um, about the X Men series. James it feels James like it's going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's one thing that's on my mind about the X-Men series is that in the past two years, like this year and Apocalypse and Deadpool from last year, mm. it feels like they're really trying They're really trying to narrow the X-Men universe down. So it feels like James McAvoy and all those generations of mutants have kind of had their last film. I don't think we're going to see like another fourth film with him in. With, with, then, with, with James. And again, we're not going to... Yeah. Really? Okay. Uh, well, they're gonna go to. I think the next one would be like another ten-year gap, and that'd be like the nineties, wouldn't it? And mm. um, that's kind of catching up to the original trilogy. So why would they carry on? Yeah. Um, it feels like they're closing off, and with this film, it was like a uh, goodbye to Patrick Stewart as Professor X and uh, Wolverine. The characters that they've got left now to deal with. Um, obviously, they could have Deadpool that's going to return. Mm. With the sequel when it's coming out, oh, they've got just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, they've got obviously the the young mutants that survived at the end of this film, mm-hmm. and and you know the the TV series that they're putting out at the moment. I mean that that's it. That's all they have. And none of those characters, other than Deadpool, none of those characters are particularly liked, mm. which is it's a bit worrying. But you kind of think that the X Men universe is kind of ending you know i don't think there's going to be too many more films yeah i do kind of feel like we're in that phase of like robert downey jr's been in a lot of films chris is it chris evans as captain america he's oh been yeah in, he's been in a lot of films and um there's actually a new comic that came out i think it was last year it was called like the all new all different avengers 
and it had uh, yeah, it had like Spider Man in it, but it had the Miles Morales one, and then it had um, it had like a it still I think it still had Thor. It had Iron Man, but he was like not as rich, and then it had um, it wasn't Thor. Sorry, it was like the, the new female Thor that they have. Oh, what uh, Jane Foster? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm thinking one of the ways that they could maybe use Wolverine is um, with this young girl in the film because she's still got the claws and stuff and they like age her into kind of the next thing. Um, and maybe she could be the new um, young female Wolverine, which they currently have in one of the comics. So maybe maybe they could go down that route. route. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not sure about the... Uh... There's a new young Wolverine in the comics. Um, I haven't heard anything about that, but well, fair I, enough. I've not um, um, read it either. I just know that there's a the new female one. So, because they did kill off Wolverine recently in the comics, and then they said Marvel yeah. said something recently about bringing back a bunch of dead characters. So, yeah, that's uh, uh, they always do in the end. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they can't always stay dead in the mm. comics. Anyway, uh, back to this film. Um, like within that middle part, the one thing that did um, really uh, was actually quite good was the idea of that kind of normal family that um, uh, Logan, uh, Professor X, and Laura all kind of uh, bonded bond with and uh, lived there for like a day before everything just turns shit again. This <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is uh, strange. Yeah, that that was nice as well. Um, um, yeah. Um, it, it reminded me of the um, in X-Men where Wolverine stumbles along uh, and meets a normal family uh, living in Canada who kind of help him out and get him away from the danger for a bit. Oh, okay. um, the, these weren't characters in the comics either, which um, uh, well, I think they're based off characters in the comics, but they weren't they weren't superheroes or anything like that. Um, but not uh, the ones in this film were completely new to the the to the series. Um, and I think they kind of gave more humanity and more family to the uh, to the characters that they had. What did you think of those? Um, you know, the scenes where they were in that kind of cottage. Yeah, again, that was kind of to do with like the nice change of pace. Because um, apart from the scene in one of the one, one of the credit scenes in one of the Avengers, they they're eating in like a restaurant. So it's uh, yeah, a nice kind of change of pace to not have. It's a bit like you said as well, not to have like the constant kind of superhero thing going mm-hmm. on and to treat these people because they are still humans at the end of the day. I mean, you, you can call some of these characters aliens if you want, but they're, they're human beings as well. Um, so it's nice to have a kind of like a human scene with them and to have like a bit of happiness before like what happens at the end. So, yeah. How did you feel about like a well known comic book character like, um, X twenty three being play- portrayed by like an eleven year old, did she think you think she did well or? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Would you like to see her in more films or yeah. like a, a time gap where she's like a different actor or whatever? Um, or either that or how, how old is the actress you said? Twelve. Um, she, in the eleventh, she, she was playing playing uh, film just playing in um she. Playing an eleven-year-old, the actor is um, the actor's twelve. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? Maybe in. Okay. Maybe if they give her some years, she can like 
Who knows? Maybe she can just like join one of the X Men things as as the current actress, and they can kind of use that actress to age them into this into the new kind of role. Um, because I yeah, feel well, like recasting uh, would you... be. I don't know. It depends who they recast her to, but uh, yeah, I felt like, I feel like, like she did. Yeah, sorry. Um, I feel like she did too much of a good role portraying the actress and the, portraying the character in the film that they can't recast her, you know? Like, mm. um, like for an 11-year-old, she, she kind of did really well. She kind of showed like she was um, quite unstable at times, but she was quite volatile at the same time. It was, it was, um, it was a good kind of... It's a really good character and really yeah, good portrayal. She's, she's got... Um... Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart on set with her, so they were obviously like probably quite good mentors and and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, definitely. So it's yeah. A great film for her to for her to be in. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I just want to know like what was your feelings of her in the film and the things she did. Yeah, I like I liked her a lot, so uh, I definitely hope they they use her in, in the future. One thing um, within this film was they didn't quite include and I thought they would. Um, I'm not sure if you saw the post credit scene for X-Men Apocalypse, um, but it was hinting at the um, the on-screen debut of X-Men antagonist, like, Mr. Sinister. He's from the X-Men comics, and he was mm. kind of linked into the Apocalypse storyline, um, but they decided not to put him in the film, um, probably because they wanted to keep it more centralised on Logan rather than the X-Men. Yeah. Yeah, um, any thoughts on that? Um, I, I kind of agree that this just needed to be kind of as much straight away from X-Men, apart from uh, Professor X as it, as it needed to be, uh, to really give the focus of this, this amazing actor, Hugh Jackman, um, and of this amazing character that he's he's been playing for so long. Um, so I feel like they just needed to just, you know, the X-Men have had their films over the last couple of years and they just needed to, to just focus on him. Because, um, yeah, I, I felt like they'll just use some, some of that uh, character that you mentioned from, from the future, or in the future, sorry. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. What did you think of the um, the visual effects for this film and the cinematography? Um, usually I don't have necessarily an eye for that kind of thing, but, uh, I didn't notice anything bad about it, so, um, yeah, so I, I, I thought it was, was pretty good, it wasn't kind of, uh, you know in Batman v Superman where you have, like, Wonder Woman and, uh, Superman fighting against, um, yeah, we have Batman there as well, but he's not, like, shooting lasers and stuff. Um, when you had them fighting against Doomsday and you have these massive lights and stuff going on. Um, so it's not sort of in that vein. Uh, but no, definitely like not. When you've sort of got Professor X doing his thing with... Um, what, what, was it, what did you say it was called earlier? It's a seizure. It's just a seizure with his mind. One of his seizures and then they kind of slowed down time and stuff. I thought they pulled it off really well. Yeah, I mean, it looked a bit... Um, it, it looked a bit kind of weird at first having a look at that. But... Um, mm. Uh, I think generally the visual effects in this film did what they needed to do. Um, obviously, it showed a lot of brutality, especially when Wolverine was stabbing his claws up in like necks of oh yeah uh, these um great. these reavers. Yeah, that was great. Um, and you know, I think a lot of the times in like these kind of films, they like to uh, superhero films. I'm talking about mm-hmm. they like to kind of slow 
down action scenes to to make us feel the real impact. And sometimes Wolverine, it was kind of really like fast, and yeah. you didn't expect um, and you didn't expect like that to happen in some way. Yeah, I feel like with you know the scene in I think it's um, Age of it might be Age of Ultron where you know all the characters are coming from the left hand side, then they like preparing their fists or whatever. I feel like you kind of need to do that yeah. when you're dealing with like a massive ensemble cast. Whereas with this, it was just um, like Logan and maybe one or two other characters. So I I feel like that's kind of the way you can change it. Yeah, like Logan versus all the goons that are trying to attack him. Yeah, because yeah, like, he can just take it, just take one on one. He's just got his his knives. He's not like shooting stuff or throwing a um, shield or like swinging across the screen. So I feel like you can you can like focus it a lot more with, with Wolverine. <clears throat> one scene I did like is um when he jumps when he had his claws out and he was chasing the people that were trying to attack all the kids when they were running through the woods mm. and. He um he got his claws out and he, and he jumped and the camera moved and passed a few trees and it shows him like jumping and like stabbing them in the neck like he kind of flew. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a good bit there of cinematography basically. Um, I mean like the 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 color grading within this film like with the how it's all like really orangey and kind of sandy mm-hmm. and sometimes it's really like dark and grey. I I felt like the worked and it wasn't like over the top like you see in like. I mean, if you look at the color grade of Age of Ultron, you see it's just it's like the highest contrast, and you've got like colors everywhere. Yeah. But within this film, it was like it was necessarily kind of gray mm. and kind of gloomy, which represented the tone quite well. Yeah. Um, what did you What did you think of um, them including the comic book within this uh, within the actual uh, film itself? Because um, Laura had a, um, a comic book of the X Men. Um, usually those kind of references don't work, but I felt like it worked in this film. Yeah, that that was really cool. And I, I liked I liked seeing those kind of things a lot. It's a bit like when um, kind of similar to when you have like Stanley having having cameos and that sort of thing, um, or where you have yeah. uh, in like a recent episode of um, Arrow, they had uh where arrow is kind of because they're still kind of doing like flashbacks and stuff and when one of the characters is talking to like a younger version of arrow and they're like um they're talking about like naming people and then he's like you cannot just name yourself like bat which was like it's more in in the in the way of like easter eggs and stuff which which, um i always appreciate um it's good when you don't overdo it and when you just like uh when you just like hint to it and stuff because when that particular character said bat to uh, Oliver um, or Arrow, none of the characters like reacted to what he said. It was just kind of like a passing thing. So um, yeah, I like I like when they do uh, Easter eggs a lot, especially with with comics, because that was like, you know, that's the origin of, of all of these things. So uh, I like the Easter egg in this film. With well, it was kind of like a recurring one. It wasn't just like a one off mm. with the comics because it drove the plot forward. It gave um, gave this kid Laura something to believe in, like because of the whole uh, idea of Eden, um, which I didn't think was actually a place or anything like that. But from what it seems at the end of the film, it seems like it was um kind of you know existed. I thought it was just like an illusion or whatever. Mm. Um, so what did you think of that? The fact that there's um there's actually hope for these kind of kids to find some sort of safe haven away from um away from the people that are trying to attack them. I feel like you have to do that a little bit, otherwise if it's like 
if at the end of this film these kids all get captured and Logan dies, it's sort of like it brings into question a little bit of how these characters pop up because I do hope that some of these yeah. mutants that we see at the end, uh, like the kids do pop up and that this other girl pops up again. Um, so I feel like you have to like free them at least a little bit. Um, there's some comparisons with this film to, I don't know if you've heard of the game The Last of Us. Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah. I, and I, I have seen the visual comparisons as well, yeah. Mm. Between them. Yeah, and there's yeah. even some scenes like in this where uh, Logan's driving in the car and the young girl is looking through comics and there's like, yeah. scenes in The Last of Us where Ellie is looking through comics and Joel is driving the car and um, Hugh Jackman looks kind of similar to, to Joel. Um, which is yeah, that's and one there, thing are, that... there are even people like downloading the Logan trailer and posting it as like, look, it's the trailer for The Last of Us video game. It's like, really? <laughs> uh, I know it's like, yeah, like bait and stuff, but because uh, obviously some people want, want a Last of Us film for the game, um, that's just kind of a nice comparison as well. Yeah, but I I feel like in some way um that was one thing in the film that seemed a bit silly really how it seems like they're a bit over inspired by the Last of Us with the whole kind of mm. I feel idea like of Logan and Laura that sort of thing. Like you, it happen, did. you happen yeah. to have an older Hugh Jackman who looks like Joel, and the setting is similar, um, and you've kind of got this dying out sort of world, like you like you said about with the mutants, you've got all these zombies taking over in The Last of Us, um, and it's kind of like this do- gloom and doom sort of world, and um, you've got the young girl with Ellie and all that sort of thing. So it just kind of fell into it. it, almost like just fell into the same thing. I don't know how quite intentional it was, but. Uh, yeah, it it was pretty interesting. And if they ever do a yeah. Last film, they should definitely consider uh, Hugh Jackman because he's clearly the closest actor. So that's, yeah, uh, um, good. I just felt it like um, I felt like they were kind of bit too much off the uh, a bit too much off the Last of Us there with the uh, the shots and the kind of characters he did. Mm. But maybe like, it just like maybe, maybe it's a just bit more of a, of a like a gamer than you. I maybe just maybe appreciate that a little bit more. I don't I don't know. I don't really gain much, no. Yeah. Um, so that's fair enough. Um, a few more things here. Okay. Uh, I mean, the director in this film was James Mangold, who I think he did The Wolverine as well, but you haven't seen that, have you? No. You haven't seen that. Well, um, well as a which, director... Uh, which ex- which Wolverine one was it that like a bad version of Deadpool popped up in? Because I keep hearing about that, but I still haven't, yeah. I haven't actually oh, seen it's, it. Um, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okay, is that is that the first one of this? That's the first trilogy? one, 2009 okay. it was. Wow. Yeah, Okay. that's a while back. But um, the thing is with that is that um, Wolverine... Um, no, Deadpool, sorry. Um, uh, ever since he got that role, um, well, Ryan Reynolds got that role um, within that film, and he realised that it, he didn't do it quite well, or the, all the writers kind of screwed up his character a bit, He's been kind of making petitions and everything just to retake that role again, and he got it back in 2016, mm. showing that he's really passionate about the character, which I think was a cool kind of thing for him to do. Um, yeah, but within this film, um, sorry, let me just go back to my point about um, the director. Okay. James Mangold. He he did the he did the Wolverine, which was a decent film, but it it wasn't anything too special. That was. Four years ago, I think, in 2013. Mm-hmm. 
I, I was going to ask you about the like the progression since then, but you don't know too much about that. But did you think the director did a decent job with this film in yeah. portraying what he needed to do? Yeah, I think so. I think it, I think he did he did pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything like particularly? Um, was there anything that really? Um, um, I, I, have you seen this film once? Sorry. Yeah, I, I I've only seen it the once. Um, I feel like with with directing, unfortunately, that's another thing I don't quite. The things I have an eye for really are uh, certainly acting um, as to whether somebody's doing a good job or not, and sort of. Uh, pacing is is a thing I definitely like to keep an eye on. If you've listened to our oh, yeah. podcast, you you'd know that for definite. Um, yes, <laughs> but it's, it's pacing's such a critical thing. I I feel um, in terms of just you've got a difference between building up and then you've got a case of get on with it sort of thing. Um, yeah, and you know sometimes some pieces of entertainment struggle with that um, more, more than others so uh, yeah I, I, I think yeah. was good I mean we have touched upon it quite like a couple times already in this podcast um, about the pacing within the middle section mm. but in reality uh, how how good the quality of the film was as a whole piece I think that is not much of an issue really no, um, no, I feel like you sit down for what was this two hours ten minutes Something yeah, like yeah. When, when you're just sitting well, down for that long, it's you're not gonna have to wait through pacing a lot. Whereas if you have, even if you have a TV show of, um, so especially with like the CW DC shows, and you have like 22 episodes a season, then you can probably cut about eight of them out, and then you, yeah. you kind of maybe on a, a two to three week thing where you're sort of doing things you don't need to do. Um, that can kind of become more of an issue with pacing which is obviously why, why people watch episodes in bunches and things um so with with films it's uh it doesn't come as much as an issue because you're just not you're not waiting around as long so yeah i mean tv series a lot of different films like um uh, especially with uh, series like the walking dead which obviously um it's one of my personal favorites mm-hmm. um you've got a whole bunch of characters that you've got to kind of develop and give time and make sure that the audience care about before they actually do something that's worthwhile to the plot. Yeah. When you've got some, then you've got something in a, like a film when you've got like a, a short like two hour period to portray a whole story that can that doesn't need any other context to it. It doesn't need um or like a prequels or anything to find it enjoyable, you know. Mm. And I thought this film did really well at that because um, from the start, I mean, I've I've watched all the X Men films, but I'm sure that someone. Who could, who could, who could enjoy this film by not seeing any of them? You know. Yeah, no, you, they could just come. One, one of the the good things that I felt going into it was that I didn't need to. Um, it wouldn't have bothered me too much if somebody said, "Yeah, you really should watch like um, the other two Wolverine films," because I, I I would have still done it. So. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it it didn't bother me as much. So. Nothing from the uh, the the. the the two previous Wolverine films was really um, was re- was really um, needed to appreciate this film. You didn't need to watch them to understand what happened here. I guess the whole thing with Weapon X would make a bit more sense, and the whole thing with the mutants would. But a lot of people kind of just brushed over that and got you know really like um, got committed to the storyline, which I felt was good. Mm. It's one 
I'm hearing from a lot of reviews out there at the moment. They say that you don't need to focus on certain details unless you're like critical or whatever um, without yeah. seeing the other films. And I feel like this applies quite a bit with this film because this is it's the end for the for I kind of I know it kind of sounds quite like dark, but it's kind of the the end story for certain yeah. things. Like when you reach uh, when you reach final episodes of of certain series and stuff. Um, I'm not necessarily focusing on, like, is this going to come up in a few se- few seasons? Because, no, in, like, an hour, it will all be finished anyway. Um, yeah. So it, it, it kind of went along with that of, like, uh, I, I guess in terms of things that might continue with this, but in terms of, like, Wolverine and uh, Professor X, you, you didn't really need to focus on that too much. Yeah. Um, it, it, oh, there was another character within this film which um, he, he was part of the Weapon X kind of project and everything. And um, uh, one thing about this whole uh, Weapon X project was the fact that uh, it seemed like, um, I'm not sure, they might be able to explain it, but it seemed like there was a bit of a continuity error with it. I think in one, um, there's one part where Logan has a dog tag that he got in X-Men Origins Wolverine. But if you know the the X Men storyline of what happened in Days of Future Past, I believe that didn't happen. Mm. I believe he wasn't involved in the Weapon X project, unless uh, I mean that, that's a little bit confusing for me because he has a Logan dog tag, which is you know the name of the film and everything. Mm. Um, I, I I mean you can't speak much on it because you haven't seen X Men Origins Wolverine, right. but it, it kind of it took something away from my viewing experience knowing that there was, could be some sort of continuity error there. But it, it happens in lots of decent films, so... Yeah, I heard some crazy stories today about uh, Iron Fist's stunt double, and th- things that I uh, definitely didn't notice, But because um, I, I finished watching the first season anyway. Um, All right. And they said about... Uh, basically, one of the stunt doubles was struggling to hide or something. Something strange like that. Um, strange and you, you like if you'd notice something like that like similar to kind of what you've just said it would kind of take you out of it and like ruin the kind of continuity of it sort of yeah yeah uh i mean i i think in it's only a very small thing but if you're a real x-men fan you're gonna pick up on something like that oh yeah um yeah, like the the I know I know a lot of kind of people online were like ah da, 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 they made a mistake like this, and I'm just like just appreciate the film for what it is. It's it's been a great film. Do you want anything else you want to say on the matter? Um, there was one other part of this film where um, Stephen Merchant's character throws, and and this is just a minor little little thing. It it genuinely didn't kind of matter in the end. It, it, a little bit like okay. what I'm talking about with. This being the last film, he throws two grenades at you know the villain who um, was smoking. Yeah, Donald Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he throws two grenades at him, and he doesn't die from it. Yeah. Like, oh, this character's about to die because there's two grenades right in front of him. I think uh, he's part cyborg or something like that. Oh. He's got because he had the hand thing that was going on, um, but. I I don't really know. Um, I'm gonna have to do a bit more research into that. Okay. But I just thought that was because uh, that was one of the things I noticed, like in the moment. So yeah, it seemed a bit strange. Um, he yeah, he's cybernetically enhanced apparently from um by the people who are doing all this kind of um artificial mutant thing. Okay. Um, so he's 
chief of security of Transigen, which was the company we saw. Um, Yeah, so I guess that makes some sort of sense, but I understand, you know, there's a little bit of a concern about why he didn't blow up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Um, Uh, So should we give our sort of, like, wrap-up thoughts, I guess? um, Yeah, sure, if you want to just summarise it. Uh, So this was a a great film. It was certainly different to other superhero films, which is, like I said, a welcome change. And um, I'd like to see kind of, you know, with the amount of superhero stuff that we have and have going forward, uh, it does need to maybe change in that way of just... um, I like seeing superheroes treated as humans as well, because like I said, they still are humans. Um, and these people are in, like, you know, costume, and they do have normal lives and stuff. I mean, like, um, Oliver Queen is, like, a mayor, and Batman is, you know, uh, whatever he is. I think, is, is he like the... He's not the mayor of Gotham. He, he's doing whatever he's doing in, in his kind, yeah. of, like, kind of timeline. So I just kind of like to see them live a bit more, kind of, like, human lives. Um, and I feel like this, this film did do a really good job of that, with, like, the dinner scenes and kind of relationships and stuff um i thought this was an amazing send-off for hugh jackman and um patrick stewart and i hope that part of it kind of feeds into this young girl and i hope that they whatever way shape or form they decide to use her or use her character whether they do use the same actress or not that uh, we do see her again because yeah she i think she could be like the female uh sort of wolverine she doesn't necessarily have to have her own series or her own film she can maybe be put mm. in with uh with this this new x-men um tv series or maybe the next x-men film it's it's entirely up to them but i'd like to see her again um i was entertained by the film and i thought that uh my my appreciation for wolverine was there even though my kind of fan part of that wasn't there because you know yeah i don't like, hate wolverine i don't find him boring but there's other superheroes that i like more so um no that's I, I, fine. i'm very happy with what they did uh one question which i didn't quite um manage to ask you because i forgot mainly okay. <laughs> um was if you had to see this film again what would you come back to cinema to see what, what was like the main thing that kind of really attracted you to this film hugh jackman you Jackman? Yeah, just, You're kind of just seeing him off kind of thing. Um, and just watching him give this one last big kind of performance. Yeah, mm. that's fair enough. Um, my personal feelings about this film was it was a decent film. Closed off um, the X-Men storyline with the original X-Men now that they're all gone. And uh, especially Wolverine's storyline quite well um, because this film was based around him. It gave him enough time to develop his character even more than we've what we've already seen. Um, I felt like the villain was decent within this film, and I feel like there are there, there are a few areas to improve that they could have improved. I mean, on, mm-hmm. um, but in reality, it did its job, and it gets. It's not just a superhero film; it's a brilliant film that a lot of people can go watch and enjoy without having to know the context behind it. And um, particularly like the character of X-23, considering it was only a little girl who played it like 11 years old or 12. So that was that was very good. Mm. Um, in a, a very short summary now, um, brilliant film. I've already watched it twice and I recommend it to anyone. What would you rate it out of 10? I'd give it... 
like an between like an eight point eight and like a an eight point nine kind of thing. That good. Hmm, I thought you weren't too much of a fan. Um... Yeah. I'm kind of one of the people that like watches something and then thinks about it for a bit, which is good that we do our Walking Dead podcast on Wednesday and not Monday. Um, so it gives me, you know, it gives you a bit of time with this to, film to kind of think. About I'd it. give yeah. it. Um, I'd give it around around that, maybe a bit higher. I would admit most of my score, some of my score is Hugh Jackman's performance, but then that was a big part of the film anyway. So I don't feel like that's sort of like cheating or anything. Yeah, I feel like there's so many good parts of um, this film, and uh, you know you can appreciate the actors and the cinematography. And you know, like yourself, you, you've picked up on the main actor, and you've really identified him as a reason why you like to watch this film. Um, so I would give it around like eight point eight to like a nine point two around within that kind of range. Okay. Um, so maybe like a like a high eight or a low nine. Um, I don't think it deserves any higher than that because that's that's high enough for a superhero film, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my final thought on this. Have you got anything else you want to bring up? No, that's about it. I look forward to the next, jokingly, twenty years. Um, no, probably. Yeah. How many? How many years do you think we're gonna get of like superhero stuff? Ten, at, at least five. Like at least. I mean, we, a we've lot. got films planned to like twenty, twenty, or twenty. It's ridiculous, yeah. Probably. Um, and then there's going to be more. It's ridiculous, that. but it's still fun to look forward to. Like it's kind of it's. I I find it ridiculous in the way that they've kind of managed to get all this stuff planned and like, um, like yesterday with the with the Batgirl film announcement and stuff. Um, yeah. Which just a quick note. Uh, earlier I did post four actresses who I think would be suitable for Batgirl. So if you are interested uh go and look at that and we also do a dc podcast for the the cw superhero shows so it's just yeah, plugins. there you go um <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes i feel like the the superhero genre is a bit of an, in a bit of overkill really but um but i think it's there all there are some decent gems that kind of come out of it specifically um stuff like the Captain America films, which are really good at the moment, mm. and the Guardi- and Guardians of the Galaxy, which is another one of my personal favourites. Um, and I, th- I think um, I, th- I think the, the DC universe could do well as well. I just I just worry that it's going to get a bit too much, and there's going to be too many superhero films out. Um, I mean, when Iron Man first came out in 2008, and there was all those Marvel films that introduced some. Um, like like uh, confirms to be after that. Yeah, a lot of people would assume that the superhero genre would die out pretty quickly, and it would get um within that those first five years or something like that. Mm. But in reality, it's it's just got a whole lot bigger, um, and I I kind of like it. I, I I mean, like I said, it's a bit overkill, but there's still decent stuff that's coming out, so mm. I can't complain. You know. Yeah, it's a uh, it's. You know when people say about like good problems, like too many good games and too many good TV shows to watch, like that's a good problem. Um, so I feel like this is kind of in the same thing as like at least we don't have a lack of of this stuff, um, which is yeah. certainly op- opposite of the case. Uh, so it's like you know, it's good to have all this stuff. So and Logan only added to this kind of diversification that we have with superhero films and expanding to different genres. And I think that's where we wrap it up. Mm. Uh, do you want to wrap that up now? Okay, yeah. 
so that's our, our thoughts on Logan. Um, if you're interested in our, the other content that uh, we make, it's over at entertainmenttalk.org. Our Twitter is at etalkuk. And if you've got any um, emails you'd like to send for any of the podcasts or anything in general, you can send them to entertainmenttalk.com. And um, yes, we're now uh, using Mixler, which is M-I-X-L-R. So go to mixlr.com forward slash entertainment talk. That will be in your in your description as long as the last uh, as well as the last thing uh, which is our patreon which is patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk thank you for listening and as always we'll see you on the next piece of content goodbye bye good how'd you feel that went good yeah um it was certainly different with with no notes, but uh, I feel like uh, I mostly, you know, said what I wanted to say and mostly knew what I was going to say. So yeah, like um, I tried to make notes of this like a, a half an hour before, and I tried to go through the plot and everything. And I'm like, yeah, there's going to be too much to cover. I'm just mm. going to say what I feel, and it. I think that's one of the best ones we've done. I mean, mm. like reviews of anything really, like that I've been in. Um, I'm not sure about you because you do other podcasts and stuff, but I, I feel like that was really in depth and we did well with that. Yeah, I mean, I, the one reason I didn't do notes is because I felt like it would have just been maybe just like too much, like because that's like a whole two hours fifteen minute thing, like yeah. like Walking Dead or or whatever. It's like forty two minutes. So, um, and I feel like um, there was, obviously with a film like this, there's a lot more to say than trying to analyse every single episode of The Walking Dead and stuff, mm. where we kind of mention the same points and repeat them week in, week out. Mm. 